Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Backerkit and the Gadget Flow. Backerkit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data, and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am joined with Phil Croft, CEO of Boxed Arc and the upcoming crowdfunding project Pro Steer. Phil, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. My pleasure, Roy. My pleasure. So I know you're on the uh, the other side of the world over in Brisbane, Australia, so I appreciate you being on the line. And I'm also really excited to talk about this new handheld analog steering controller Pro Steer. So if you would, give our audience a little bit of background and tell us where does this idea start? What inspired you to create this product? What was that aha moment you had? Right. So I guess I was, I've always been, um, let's say, an enthusiastic gamer as I was growing. And I'm part of the generation where we, we first experienced the, the original PlayStation and then the development and the, the, the to and fro between PlayStation and Xbox and that massive development period where the games just improved so vastly over those first, uh, I guess, couple of versions of consoles. And I was, I was very much part of that. That was when I was a young man in the 90s. And um, I had great frustrations because I've always loved driving games. And I do like to drive cars in real life too. And there was a massive disconnect for me, Roy, between what I was experiencing behind the wheel in my own car and what I was experiencing in game in that I didn't have the control interface or the realism of what I knew driving was. And, and this was a constant frustration using game pads with, with thumbsticks to steer a car. That was where it all started. That seems ridiculous now because I know whenever you jump on a video game and you're like Mario Kart or whatever it may be, your body just naturally turns with and it's like, why hadn't that engineering or product been created yet? So it's great that you're solving this problem, you know, for all the gamers out there. Yeah, for sure. And this is this is something I've always been accused of. I'm I'm a I guess I'm a very physical person and I try and do cerebral activities and my body tends to take over. I'm one of these people that leans into the person next to me. So I guess my frustration grew as as time went on. And and the real problem, Roy, was that they did such a great job with the software. I mean, the development of the software and the and the, the rendering and the physics engines they built in. I mean, when you when you you these top quality racing games, you really are experiencing what the car would do in those situations. If you've got a wet track, you've got, you know, a vehicle, you know, you you're going to get skatey it's things are going to get loose and you're going to lose control of that car and you do need a, a sufficient control interface or you're just not going to succeed at that game and 
this is where it all started. And I, I racked my brains for it would have been probably a good 12, 18 months, let's say, and had a few designs. And then uh, I actually had an aha moment when I was actually watching a, a Macworld keynote uh, speech by Steve Jobs and was looking at gaming controllers on the entertainment unit while doing that, and it just came to me. Why not Why not articulate the controller? Why not make the controller a movable uh, device in itself? And that was when I developed the boxed arc, and, and, and that's the start of it. It's all come from there. So when you were creating ProSteer, what was that process like? You know, How did you go about deciding what features to include, what designs, what colors, what elements, all of that? Okay, so that was very much a work in progress. Um, the initial design was uh, very raw bones, um, simply because uh, as a, I guess, a, a keen mechanical designer, the first thing I do is I obviously want to get the, the, the core of that interface fixed and, and make sure that works. And then features just added as we went you know why couldn't we do this let's have a look at it let's add in um and this is where we we started off with it being what i would consider a a normal steering controller in that we we were only inter interested in steering inputs so throttle brake gear shifting that type of thing it was a little way into the process that we sort of realized hang on a second we're we're basing this on what everyone knows and understands, a normal gamepad interface. And everyone knows those gamepads, whether they be a Windows Xbox controller or a PlayStation controller or one of the many generic controllers, all use the very same format. So we decided, look, we're being radical enough with the articulation of the controller. Let's not divorce ourselves completely from what all the gamers know. Let's Let's add on to what the current interface is, and we thought that would be the best way, I guess, firstly, to to ensure our development wasn't straying too far from where everyone was, and secondly, we wanted to, to keep those games quite comfortable with the interface and then just add the steering, I guess. So as we went along, we realised, okay, we need this to be a standard controller format, um, so we've still got the triggers, we've still got the bumpers, we've just moved the bumpers slightly to make them gear shifters. Um, the function buttons, the direction button, and, and the analog sticks are all still there and are all still very much a, a live part of the gaming. So this is where we then moved into what we call MSAC or multi-single axis control because ultimately we had to pull the x-axis out, out of the analog sticks, which were the problem with steering. So that was a whole new development process. Impressive. So when you were designing and developing this product out, somewhere along the lines, you're like, hey, we got to fund this thing or find some customers for it. How did that conversation begin with deciding that crowdfunding was the right fit to launch this product out into the marketplace? Okay. So this is a really interesting story because we we actually started with the big guys. We we took our alpha prototypes over to uh, San Mateo and we met with the, the team at PlayStation and they were immediately positive towards the product. We demonstrated it there for them at their head office in, in San Mateo and the guys there were, as I say, they were very positive. They said, look, this is, this is exactly the kind of product that we would welcome onto our platform. 
mainly because we can see that it would add value for our users. This is a this is a valuable addition. Now we will not manufacture this. My original plan was to immediately license with the likes of Sony PlayStation and then Xbox. It's my own naivety. I, I thought that would be a way we we could proceed, but they they soon <laughs> explained to me that they don't actually work with other people's intellectual property, short of licensing it. So I had a process to go through at that point, and they were really supportive. Uh, you know, upfront they they gave me as much advice as they could, and they actually referred me on to third party manufacturers who would then be able to manufacture the product for us and handle all of the marketing. So very early on in this, Roy, we were nearly not in business. You know, we nearly stopped before we really began and handed over to someone else. I did have discussions with those third-party manufacturers. And to be honest, the reason we didn't go with that was simply because it wasn't a viable business model for us. You know, and you talk about we needed money. Well, the first thing we did do was put together a little company summary um, once we had documented our intellectual property and done our initial drawings. And we did go and get some funding from friends and family. And it was those people that really uh, got on early. And, and it was the concern for those investors that actually stopped me from, I guess, opting out at that point and selling this. And we decided to develop ourselves and to market ourselves. And at that very earliest stage of that decision, we knew straight away, look, the only way we're really going to be able to do this is through crowdfunding because hardware development is so expensive. Indeed. So let's talk about the upcoming crowdfunding campaign. Talk a little bit about the preparation and work that you and your team have done leading up to the upcoming Kickstarter launch. Okay, so we, we're constantly developing. I mean, any moment we've got spare, we're developing. We're testing or developing or looking at the next step. There's so much to do for us with this, and there's so much more to come. I guess the difficult thing for me, Roy, was actually putting a full stop on our development and saying, okay, this is it. We've done enough. This is an excellent product as it is. Yes, there's more we can always add to this, and we will continue to do that with versions down the track. But one of the most difficult things for a CEO of a startup, especially in the hardware spaces, is to actually say, look, enough is enough. This is now a product. We can, we can go to market with this. Would be very easy to just keep going back to the lab, you know, and, and hiding ourselves away and making the best product the world has ever seen, in inverted commas, you know. But at the end of the day, you've got to get it out there and you've got to get your users um, using and giving you feedback properly. Um, we had a number of testing sessions which had proved to us that we were on the right track, We even with the early interface. Now, I don't want to get too technical on you, so stop me if I'm going down the wrong track talking about this. But sure. one of the major things we had to do, Roy, was I, I mentioned earlier we we were basically breaking out the x-axis from the analog sticks. That's how... Steering is affected in a standard controller. It's your left analog stick, left, right. So we had to break that out and put that into the boxed arc for the articulation so we could use use it for real steering. The difficulty there was those, those x-axes, they're only programmed to, to move 22 degrees left and right in an analog stick. Now, we've got 80 degrees of movement, so we had to go away and, and the initial prototypes where we just 
we moved the potentiometers into our articulation. It was um, it was awful. It was like having a car where you you steer the steering wheel a quarter turn and you're in full lock. It was overly sensitive and just didn't work. And that was when we realized the size of the task and we had to go away. And that was when we were developing our software, obviously, and, and the firmware to create the, the correct ratios to... So not only are we breaking out that x-axis, but then what we're actually doing is we're increasing it from 22 degrees to 80 degrees and then having to take it back again when we go into the other mode and it's acting as an analog stick. So the development work was extensive. And one thing we've always, I guess our policy is we're not experts at everything. So make sure we find the right people to give us the best advice whenever we get to a hurdle or we we arrive at a new uh, segue in this development. And marketing was definitely that. I mean, I have a a little bit of marketing experience from my previous life as a as a corporate advisor and BDM, but it's very much the coalface business to business marketing. I've never been involved in a situation where we have a company with a product trying to engage with thousands of users uh, globally. So it's it's a completely different ballgame, and and this is what brought us to you guys. Yeah, and obviously our team's been working really diligently on the upcoming launch. Everyone's super excited about this product and the obvious launch and, you know, the growth of the esports industry as well is just super red hot, you know, for us to be targeting and trying to find new consumers. And also just those folks that are at home that want to have a better gaming experience on their own. I think this product works yeah. really well for those early adopters that the Kickstarter community has, as well as those folks that just casually game at home that want a better experience. Exactly. And, and you know, it's only when you start, I guess when I started this, I thought I was someone in isolation with this issue. You know, I had this problem around racing games and it was my personal, you know, journey to fix this problem for myself. And that was really how it started, Roy. But it's only as you get into these things a little bit further and other people say, yes, I agree, this is and you start to build I guess, a following and you start to grow in confidence because you realize it's not just you. And this is something we've certainly noticed with the gaming industry. We sort of have tested quite a lot. Uh, was recently at E3 in Los Angeles, a wonderful experience and, and really the first time I've engaged with the, the industry as a whole to see how it, I guess, conferences and, and what it's showing its, its users. And the industry is ready for this now. I, I, I think about it and there's a time and a place for everything. And, and this is definitely the season for let's look at new hardware interfaces because, um, as I mentioned in, in a lot of our marketing, it's been about 24 years since there's been any significant change to control interface for gaming. It, it really has been a long time since the analog sticks came in. And, and since then, yeah. it's been business as usual. There's been no change. Um, so, well, I'm glad innovation is coming to the marketplace and Phil, that you guys are bringing it over here from ProSteer. Yeah, absolutely. We're loving it too. It's, it's very exciting. And, you know, we, we, I guess we work away and we're, we're working on the product, but we don't really always step back and see what's really happening. And that happened. We had the opportunity to do that when we were at E3 and, it really is. It's. It's the. Pro I'm very excited about the product since we've come back because 
it was really shown to me that we're occupying a massive space here, Roy. There's there's such a big gap between your standard game pad and what people would consider a competent racing setup, being pedals, steering wheel, seat. You know, this whole setup is is um, quite um, quite a big financial commitment as well as a space commitment for people. And uh, we're, we're occupying a really big gap there where we're providing a big part of the control with none of the expense or the obviously the bulk. So it's, uh, yeah, we're, we're really excited. Awesome, as are we. Well, Phil, this is gonna get us into our launch round where I'm gonna rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You ready to navigate the course? Yeah, sure, let's go for it. <laughs> so what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? Uh, boredom. Fair enough. Uh, if you could meet any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Geez, that's a good question. Um, probably Da Vinci. Interesting choice. So what would have been your first question for Da Vinci? What motivates you to make changes? Nice. What's your favorite video game? Grand Theft Auto. What book might you recommend to our audience of listeners? Jonathan Livingston Seagull. Haven't heard that one yet. Now, I know you haven't run the crowdfunding campaign yet, but I'm going to ask you this anyway. What does the future of crowdfunding look like? I think it looks really good. I think that we're a more connected society. I think we live online more than ever, and that's where crowdfunding is. So I can't see it going anywhere. I think it's going to continue to be a really good filter on what's valid and what's not. Absolutely. Well, Phil, this has been awesome. Please give our audience your pitch. Tell people what you're all about, where they should go, and why they should check out ProSteer. Okay. So we're uh, the next big thing in hardware input. So if you've ever had frustrations with gaming controllers, uh, especially if you've got a racing game or racing games, we occupy that massive gap between a gamepad and a full steering setup. But we've also got other technology built into our controller being that you've got a three-in-one. So we're a standard gamepad where we have a mode where you're a racing controller, which we call Pro Steer, and then there's a third mode called Shooter, which is ideal for rapid targeting for first-person shooters and also platform games. Please check us out on, on Kickstarter. We're, uh, we're, we're commencing very soon, and we're very excited. The product's looking good. Testing is is excellent, and uh, yeah, we're we're very enthusiastic about getting it out there to the world. Awesome. Well, audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the show notes, the transcript, links to the campaign once it launches, and of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, the Gadget Flow and Backer Kit. Phil, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thank you, Roy. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it, and of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.